0: Welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. I am the aforementioned Max. How are you this week? I am trying to not stay sober until uh, election day. How about you? Um, If you have, as I have, already voted, shout out to you because that's the wave now because yes, we live in a hellscape. Um... If you are voting via absentee ballot, don't bother to mail that joint now (laughs) because, you know, the fix, Uh, the jokes, the jig is in the stratosphere and basically the USPS uh, can't be trusted to get your ballot in in a timely manner so just get on the line well or maybe not because the folks that i was online with yesterday just kind of walked in with their absentee balance and just handed them off and bounced so that's the wave either take it directly to your um election board thing or take it to an official dropbox not that phony shit that they're doing in california um and make sure your vote is counted um because as we know none of this shit is sustainable and we need to get this hairless ape out of the white house um this week i am very excited to sit down and chat with my favorite uh tori wiggins who is an actor director educator and mentor and she is supremely talented and i cannot wait to chat with her about her career path and her motivations and her goals and all that fun stuff. So let's get into the news. So this week, uh, in uh, privileged white boy bullshit, uh, our greasy-faced goon, in who he's like the Tommy of of this alleged administration, because he don't really have a job. We don't really. He got all these titles but, like, don't really work. Uh, You know, I'm obviously talking about Jared Kushner. He's a greasy-faced little pipsqueak goon. And he felt like he needed to talk to the people about what the blacks ain't doing right. Because what we need right now in this life is another privileged dickhole who's never worked for anything in his entire life talking about why the blacks ain't doing well. It's not institutional racism. It's not the jig being in the stratosphere. It's not, um, you know, maybe it's um, just to maybe flush it out a little. Maybe it's because a lot of us don't have million dollar jailhouse daddies who paid our way through the world. Maybe that. Some of us actually had to work for the shit that we have and 10 times harder to get what half as much. So a hearty fuck you to that greasy-faced little fucking worm burger who really fixed his face to to tell people that they uh you know could be completely and utterly successful too. If they just worked a little harder and you know when they do this type of shit, they're not talking to us, you know. It's always to signify to the folks who are sitting on the fence, allegedly, uh, whether or not they're going to vote for this pack of scammers and dipshits and they don't particularly wanna be painted with the racism brush, even though everything around this group of shit heels is dipped in a nice soup song of racism <laughs> it is amazing and they just don't want to you know like i want they want to do racist shit they don't want to say racist shit because racist shit will get you in trouble or used to and they don't particularly want to be lumped in with a lot of those fuckos but alas they are And they need to be given the assurance that they're not racists. The the Mexicans are criminals. The the blacks are lazy. Everybody stinks except for them. And they needed some rich shithead to tell them. (laughs) Some rich entitled fuckboy to tell them that they are on the right track. And it is okay if they want to vote for what is essentially... An active crime scene <laughs> as an alleged leadership body in this here country. Boy, this is the ghetto. <laughs> it is the ghetto. Anyway, fuck them and everybody who bangs with them. Um, they don't really need a reason to be wild racist. They just, you know, feel like they need absolution from someone and... Let's keep it a buck. If you're voting for that wing, obviously, you know what you are, and there's no need for any absolution, and there's no need for any discussion. Fuck you and everybody who birthed you. How about that? Anyway, other news. Um, Keith Raniere got 120 years for years-long scamming and sex abuse, and I cannot imagine a better person for that to happen to Keith Raniere was the dude who um, basically founded a cult um, called Nexium that just scammed the fuck out of people and finessed a lot of women into giving their lives and bodies to this greasy fucking glob of phlegm masquerading as a person man's had people really come off of like 20 plus years of their lives and all their money and away from their families and breaking up families and shit because whole families got finessed by it. I mean, if if you look at this fucking guy, you kind of see why he had to basically, like, let's keep it a buck, create a whole organization to finesse women into sexing him because I, I, I just, I can't. Every time I watched an episode of The Vow. Like, I couldn't fix my face because I just could not wrap my mind around how someone would give years of their lives to a man with a greasy ponytail who looks like a hairy, disgusting, greasy hobbit. I didn't understand it. I'm never going to understand it. What's worse is that in the vow they gave a lot of time to him yapping about whatever and every time he would start talking i was like this man's not saying anything how are you people thinking this shit is profound the man is saying fuck all right now like he spoke primarily in word salad like i just i don't understand it i just don't understand it and there's like a jump off a documentary about India Oxenberg, who, whose mom is Catherine Oxenberg, who was in Dynasty back in the day, who was trying to get her out. That was the, another storyline in The Vow. So she did get out, thankfully, but she's talking about um, some shit, man. Like, it just keeps getting progressively worse. The the documentary that she's in is on Stars, and it's called Seduced, and it's basically about her time in nexium and basically that girl gave that that goon like her youth like she got in there when she's like 19 and she was in there for like seven years like i think up until the time maybe i don't even know we don't really know timelines but basically she's airing out the cats in the other documentary basically because they are on this redemption arc in the documentary good but they were high up as fuck that dude mark and that lady sarah they were high up as fuck, and they were scamming with them, and they were bringing mad people, and they made long of money. Cause that's when you started making money when you brought mad people in. Cause it's basically an MLM with sex slavery, and and MLM is multi-level marketing, like your Amway's and your um, Mary Kay's and shit like that. So basically, it was this, but on some fake self-helpy ass bullshit. And when you brought more people in, you started making money. You started going up the, the line. Blah 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 blah. And this girl was in there and basically he used her to like, you know, make it seem like some special organization on the side where I guess the the peak was when you got to sleep with this hairy ass fucking grease ball. I just, it just keeps getting worse. There was like sex abuse of young girls, um, clearing Cassidy money. He finessed some billionaireses, which is how he was able to hold on to these folks and people who actually saw the light and left. Look, all I know is men's truly earned all 120 of them motherfucking years. Like, and then like in a court, he was like, you know, I was just dating them girls. You know, I just have a hard time with breakups. And the judge even was like, all right, that's it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not listening to any more of this fucking shit. You're a fucking garbage monster. Go to fuck. To jail for the rest of the fucking time you have on earth, you sack of shit. And really, that's the kind of energy I like to see. And that's the kind of shit I want to see for the R. Kelly's, for the for the for the dumps, for the all these roach bitches who have been in here finessing on a level that is unseen with no range to do it. I just want them all to get what's coming to them. And I truly, truly cannot fucking wait. Anyhooser, moving on. Um, I've been watching my, you know, usual fave amounts of reality trash. And I wanted to highlight this week's Bachelorette to move on to some lighter shit. I got to say this woman, Claire, has got to be the worst of them all. Like, a lot of those women come on there and, you know, they say all the catchphrases. If you ever played bingo while watching the show... Uh, with liquor, you would die based on the number of times people talk about having a connection and looking for love and being here for the right reason. Well, baby, Claire is there and she has found who she wants. And she just wants to skip to the end part where she can get out of here. Basically, she starts the show. She, you know, they have them all come come bopping out of the the limo. They all do um, random nonsense on the show to get her attention and this one tall glass of uh chocolate milk really light chocolate milk with barely any chocolate in it jumps out the limo and she's like that's my husband that's it i don't give a fuck about none of these other niggas let's go and she she basically just um is just biding her time and like basically sitting on this guy for the whole time and like she she can't even hide the fact that she don't give a shit about the rest of them like she she took these dudes out on a date and like <laughs> you know they had done a roast and they had to talk shit about certain people in the house and of course because they all know that she likes this dude Dale they shit it on him every chance they got so she takes the dudes who won the roast out on a date. And she basically cross-examines them the whole time. Like, what's your beef with Dale? Why don't you like Dale? What's the matter with Dale and you? And literally, there's like seven dudes or something like that on this date. And she cross-examines every single one of them on the date. And at the end, you know, they'll give them the, the rose or whatever. And they're all like, what the fuck? Does she cross-examine you too? They all start comparing notes or whatever. And, you know, she finishes her cross-exam of all these dudes and like, She's so callous, like, with their time and their energy. Like, I you get what you get when you get on these shows, right? But this is just, my God. So she finishes the fucking thing and sits down with them. She's like, you know, I don't think, like, I got enough from all of you guys. So no one's getting the rose. And they're like, what the fuck? Me personally, I'd pack my shit and left because it would have been too many more times of her wasting my fucking time out there out in these fucking um COVID streets where I'm quarantining and shit with this unknown woman and all these dudes and having a bro festival by the pool which is cute but like no thank you that's not allegedly allegedly what I'm here for so I would just pack my shit and get the fuck on um she was at one point, she was talking to production. She was like, Can we like speed this up? Like, okay, I'm she could give a shit <laughs> about these dudes, and it is hilarious. Like, the mess is on and popping, and that's what I watch for. Too that is the only reason why I watch because it's always like, you know, they do the build up and they gas you up every week, and you they show you some dramatic episode of the bachelor coming up and it's like all right this is it no it's not this is it no it's not and your stupid ass falls for it every time and you come in every week waiting for them to give you the mess that you came for and it's like six weeks in and then you get it and it's so annoying but I, I do it every time so I'm looking forward to see how they resolve getting her because eventually they get her to fuck up out of there because she's <laughs> she's fucking terrible and it's funny because she was on a season of The Bachelor with one of the worst bachelors. So you would think she would try to jump away from being that awful, but, you know, I guess the heart wants what it wants. And what she wants is the tall glass of light-skinned milk. Um, also, I've been watching Married at First Sight. Um, I know it just wrapped up this week. And they really knocked it out of the park on, on two sets of those couples. Like, they found this two nerdy, quirky... Weirdos who probably don't bathe a lot, um, and they put them together, and it was just like I don't like they couldn't do any better. And, um, one of the other couples, um, Woody and Imani, who are my faves, um, they were perfectly matched, their energies were just right. And you know, there were some red flags with old Woody, he was saying some crazy shit like, You gotta check with me before you cut your hair, and all that, sir. Sir, you didn't check with me before you decided to get this hybrid hybrid uh, cornrow uh, fade thing you've got. There was no check in for that. So I'm going to do what I want. But super cute. I I love them. I hope they get a spinoff show. I need that. The culture needs it. I'm into it. The other couple that stayed together, surprisingly, um, this couple, uh, Miles and Karen, another black couple. Um, You know, I always root for everyone black. And there was a minute where I was very certain that it wasn't going to work between them because Karen was running, running poor Miles. Miles is a couple years younger than her, but he's one of those dudes who all he's ever wanted to be was a husband and it shows. And he was doing the work. He was just trying to show the girl that, you know, he was really about it. And I understand why she had her guard up because she was with someone for five years before and the dude had a baby on her. So I could see why your trust levels would be super low, but girl. Girl, the boy was working and I'm glad she finally acknowledged that. And not for nothing, if she cast that out, there was nothing, plenty girls in that young man's uh, DMs just waiting for the opportunity to climb that tall young man. And if she if she threw that back in the ocean, wouldn't have been nothing for somebody to pick it up because based on the comments I've seen on Twitter, the girls have the thirst and he's the only one who can quench and i'm glad she came to her fucking senses and uh you know let that young man love on her properly so yay black love um so that's that on that in terms of the news and whatever junk i felt like rambling about today so we're gonna do the interview next i'm super excited as i mentioned i got to sit down and chat with one of my favorite people uh tori wilkins slash wiggins she goes by wiggins professionally. Um, and she, we got to talk about her, her career in, in the arts as a, a mentor, a actress, director, um, educator. I'm super excited about it. And I hope you guys are too. And we will get to that interview in two seconds. So I am currently sitting with my absolute favorite person. One of many, but she knows she's special. Tori Wilkins, who is supremely talented and is an actor, a director, a mentor, and an educator. Um, welcome, Tori.
1: Thank you for having me. I love being hyphenated. <laughs> you
0: have all the talent. It's almost unfair, really.
1: <laughs> well, you know.
0: I mean, singing, writing,
1: directing, like all the threats, all of the threats. I didn't get as much of the dance as one might think, but two and a half threats is good enough for me. (laughs) More than I've got, is all I'm saying. (laughs) You have many other talents.
0: That's what they tell me. That's what they tell me. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get started. So... What do you do and why do you do it?
1: Wow, it's so specific. Um, I perform. I'm a playwright. I'm a director. I am a voiceover artist. I am an instructor and an overall baddie. Hey, that's what I like to hear. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) At least for now. No, no. So like always, let's let's, yes. be, let's be that's real. definitely enough to last me a lifetime for sure.
0: <laughs> um, how did you get started in the industry?
1: I'm pretty sure I came out of my mom's womb doing something, singing, twirling, I, I don't even know, something. <laughs> um, and it's just one of those things that when you see it, you can either uh foster it or get totally annoyed by it and try to stifle it. And luckily, my parents were like this could be a good thing. Let's nurture this. So um, lots of performing in church. Uh, I actually was supposed to go to a school for the gifted in Atlanta, Georgia, um, mm. for like the smart kids. Nice. And they didn't have room for everybody. So they did a lottery. Mm. And um, I had the grades, the, passed the interview and everything. I was in like the fourth grade. And um, I didn't make the lottery. So as a consolation prize, my mom was like, well, I guess you can go to this Performing arts elementary school, <laughs> since you didn't get into the gifted program, and I was like, uh, fine. Oh, no. I know, oh. dang. Oh. Um, but that was all she wrote. Um, performing arts program in elementary school, performing arts high school, very much like fame. We definitely sang and harmonized at lunch. I love That's it exactly what you think it is. I love it, <laughs> and then, um. I went on to major in um, dramatic performance is what my degree is in, mm-hmm. um, the minor in African American studies. And um, oh, and then it just took off from there. Uh, you know, I learned all of the things that I could do and do well in college. I kind of did some of everything before that, but I kind of like honed in on the specifics in college. And then right after college, I moved to New York not long after I met you and that that's it. I just, I took off and just started doing everything I could possibly do.
0: Fantastic. So what kind of things have we heard you in? How happy heard your voice in certain things have yes. what kind of performing have we done? Oh
1: my, well, I've done a lot of theater. That's my, that's my main gig is mm-hmm. the, is the theater I've actually written, produced and performed in Five solo shows. Um, one person shows, they're extremely exhausting. And now that I've hit a certain age, I don't do <laughs> them anymore. Um, <laughs> but I've done that. Um, I've, I have mean, I've done a little of everything. I've done film. I've done television. I did the soaps for a hot minute. Oh, that's I did right. I remember. Comedy. I did. I did do all my children. That's I right. Three episodes. Yep. <laughs> uh, I did um, sketch comedy for a little bit nice. uh, in Brooklyn, which was a lot of fun. Um, I did shout out to American candy. I did, um, <clears throat> and I did some feature films actually after I left New York, which was cool. And tons of voiceover work. I've been doing voiceover work for about, um, almost 20 years now. Oh, wow. So I've done Burger King, H and M, uh, Verizon, Home Depot. Um, let's see. Uh, most recently I've done a lot of spots for the, uh, Biden campaign.
0: Hey, very nice. Very nice. Thank you. So in terms of your career, what are you hoping to
1: achieve?
0: What is your end? What is the Quan for you?
1: The Quan as in? The Quan. Okay. Okay. All right. I get it now. Um, I, dare I say out loud that I'm Do already doing it. All right. I just want to keep doing it. Like that, that's it. what I want. I want to, I want to be able to like sustain it and yeah. let that be like my career. I love that's it. all I do is this thing. I just want to keep doing it. I love um, that. That's really, I mean, that's the, I'd love to get, you know, of course I'd love to do more movies. Um, they're not as fun as you would think they are, at least not no. to me. Interesting. I'm much more comfortable behind the mic, um, <laughs> but even more of that, um, more voiceover work more theater. I love directing. I'd love to get more involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching kind of chases me every time I try to quit. Um, I <laughs> end up doing it anyway. So pulling you back some, in. It does <laughs> starting some kind of school of some kind, maybe. Um, um, oh, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, That's what I, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Consulting, coaching, all of that. Awesome.
0: What advice would you give to someone who was interested in the work that you do?
1: Mm. Um, <laughs> Don't do it for the money Uh, because (laughs) at first you might not make any. You probably won't make any, but um, if you want it bad enough, stick to it and it it can be lucrative. I kind of, I joke like that, but I kind of hate this idea that we tell budding artists that they're going to be broke um because there are lots of jobs that you spend a lot of time not making the most money in and nobody talks about that they only talk about you know because i've gotten to a point where i've made pretty good money off of what i do in the arts and it 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 can happen and i'm not even at the height of it i'm not i'm not even in the highest tax bracket of what you can make as a performer that's not a celebrity right um and i do okay so but it took me a while to get here it's just one of those things where it's like you know don't quit. It, it can be a lucrative career if you do what you need to do to make it so.
0: So it's what you, what you put into it is what you get out of it.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people though. And, and the thing is, is that we see the exception and that's the problem. So everybody you see on TV and on the late night talk show that was like, I walked into my first audition and booked this TV show I've been on for seven years, you know, that is the exception. And right, that doesn't right. happen for everybody. Um, but it could happen to you if you, if you put yourself out there, um, but there are a lot of working artists that aren't famous, you know? And I always said that I never, I never really wanted fame. I wanted success. Mm. And I think that's the path that I chased and that's what I ended up with. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. What
0: was the worst job you ever had? (laughs)
1: The worst job I, oh, okay. I would probably, in, in there two. The worst job I ever had was mannequin modeling when I was what? younger. <laughs> okay. This is a thing. So I thought I wanted to be a model. Okay. And my grandmother paid all this money for me to go to this modeling agency in Atlanta. It was a total scam. Um,
0: I feel like yeah. everybody has that. I Yes, had too. Like I, it was every city care. with a mall.
1: Uh-huh. That's where you do it. You do it in the window in the mall, and you manage. And you literally have to stand still for like hours. Oh my god! And at the end of the day, you get like a discount off of the clothes. You don't even get paid.
0: Nice. And you I just paid an exposure.
1: Friends, oh my god! It it was an exposure to like the people in your town that are at the mall. Like it's not <laughs> even. So <laughs> I just remember my friends coming to the mall and like trying to make me break. It was awful. Um, <laughs> I would have done I that. Um, it was at Wilson Suede and Leather. Oh, and my like, God. That's a throwback. I couldn't afford anything in there anyway. So that little discount, I was like, maybe I can get a leather headband. I don't know. Anyway. You came
0: out of there smelling mad, leathery.
1: Listen. <laughs> listen. And for all it was worth. <laughs> listen,
0: not much. Every cow.
1: Smelling like just all of all of rawhide, um, just 14 and like a leather like body con dress. It was so. Oh my bad. god!
0: Inappropriate.
1: So inappropriate. But my mom was like, "I guess for the you know for the art, to really be a model, we have to let her do this." Um, and the second worst one was I did a commercial once for Care.com. And it was, I was supposed to be babysitting. So I did this shoot with a baby. Oh dear. And in the audition, this baby was amazing. I mean, she was like full of life. She was giggly. She was sweet. We got on set and this baby would not stop crying. She screamed for like four hours straight. Oh my God. And we couldn't get any of the, we couldn't get any of the, of the takes because she would always start crying And so we went outside to take a break and the neighbor's dog like came over into the yard of the house that we were using for set Mm -hmm. and the dog shut her up. So (laughs) we had to ask the neighbor for permission to use their dog in the whole storyboard got reworked. Like now the whole commercial was outside. Oh my God. In the backyard because this dog was the only thing that would keep this baby quiet. And we were already like (laughs) four hours over our shoot time. It was crazy. (laughs) And I, I didn't really like dogs either at the time. So I was like, oh, babies and dogs, get me out of here.
0: It was like, oh, together in one shot. Please kill me. <laughs> Not
1: great. I Not needed best. a nice drink after that.
0: I bet you deserved. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it for my questions. Where can you be found on these internets and in the streets these days? Well, no one's <laughs> in the streets because
1: plague. But yeah, no, no, not, not in the Corona streets. We're not even (laughs) doing that. Um, I, I mean, I could be found, my professional name is Wiggins. So I go by Tori Wiggins professionally. Mm -hmm. And so a quick Google will let anybody know what I'm doing at any given time. Um, I also, I do have a website, www.toriwiggins.com. It's a little outdated, but it's still, it's, it's a lot of what I do, a lot of what I'm doing um, and what I plan to do. And I will update it, I promise. (laughs) Um, But I do. I have some great things on the horizon, which is really weird because we're on this huge shutdown with everything I do. But the voiceover stuff keeps coming through. So thank God. Blessings. Yes. Blessings on blessings. (laughs) All blessings. Absolutely. (laughs) Biden for president. If you listen to any of his ad campaigns, I've got about 15 commercials running right now.
0: Like I almost started applauding. (laughs) Because oh, we just, oh, God, please yeah. let him win. I, he's not my first or my 12th choice, but my God, I just.
1: If I, there were a definition in the dictionary for lesser of two evils. That's this it. election would be it.
0: I am jumping in both feet into this because I, I can't, I'm tired. They got to go. I'm tired. I feel it. I am. I feel it actually tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. Ooh, I hate it. Any who's Um Tori, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for uh cutting into your busy schedule because you stay booked and busy. <laughs> she tries. She tries. <laughs> um this was wonderful and so much fun. Um thanks for joining me on mostly Max and other things. Um, And I'll absolutely have you back on once you have your new popping next thing on Decky. And we can talk about that.
1: Anytime. I'm so glad to do this. And thank you for having me. You are so welcome. And
0: that was my interview with the ever talented Tori Wiggins uh, Wilkins. (laughs) Um, And it was so great talking to her and um, hearing her journey and all that wonderful stuff. And now it's time for the key takeaway for this week. <music> key takeaway number one failing upward is not just for white men. This week, Mitch McConnell and all the spineless jellyfish who bang with him, shoehorned a woman who was the least um, qualified person to be installed, because that's what it was, an installation, um, onto the Supreme Court in history. She had a whopping three years of experience as a judge, never uh, actually went and did a trial, never uh, tried a case in front of the Supreme Court. Um, Really, if I had seen her resume, she never would have gotten out of my inbox. She never would have made it past the first interview. She never would have gotten an interview. It's so popping that, you know, she could sit down and have a bunch of softball questions thrown at her and not take notes and not actually answer any questions or show that she has any value whatsoever outside of, you know, holding up the norms for these people as it is the certain kind of washed white guy who is old and halfway to the grave and desiccating from the inside out. In Mitch's case, this is their last stand and they are setting up the, tr- the game so that they can always keep things status quo. So if you aren't rich, white, male, straight, Christian, you are short, 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 because Miss Amy is coming in there to undo everything uh, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has stood for just like they installed old Thomas Clarence to undo everything that Thurgood Marshall stood for. And it is the most cynical shit I have ever seen in my life. And another reason why elections have consequences because look at all of it. So when you vote on, if you haven't already, because you know, early voting is still popping in some States. It's still, is still going here in New York until tomorrow. Um, Make sure you know what you're really voting for. You're voting for making sure that the status quo isn't what it is. Um, While I understand it is hard to see how things change much, unfortunately, things are always incremental. But when things change for the worst, it is always in one fell swoop. And we've seen that over the last four years So keep all of that in mind when you take your ass to the fucking polls to do what you need to do and do it safely and do it with the idea that change doesn't come in one fell swoop unless it's for the worst. (laughs) Um, Yeah, progress, though. You know, white ladies is failing up, too, Um, y'all. It's just so gross and so them And, you know, people want to act like, you know, this behavior is like, oh, it's all Trump related. It's because he's an asshole and they're just, you know, standing in the gap with their boy. That's not it. They've always been garbage. Uh, The cheat has always been in full effect. The need for power and consolidating it is not a new thing for these people. So, you know, this dude is a symptom, not the cause. Keep that in mind, too. And when he goes away, all the fuck shit that uh, has always been in full effect doesn't go away with him, which is why you got to keep your foot on the cat's necks and let them know that's not what's popping out in these streets. So that is one key takeaway. My other key takeaway is vote your goddamn ass off, guys. Like, we're in the home stretch and all the other cliched terms that they use to talk about the... What could hopefully be the end of this point of the of the hellscape that we've been living in. Um, You know, Tuesday is Election Day. Um, Definitely do whatever self-care you need because it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. It is going to be um, a very long, drawn out ordeal because your man's is steam pressed. To keep this gig because he's not trying to get locked up and uh, he is really falling back on the cheat which is another reason why they shoehorn that um, lady who's not qualified onto the court because she's you know she's she's it's the maid's tale right you know they got to get some broads who's with it and she's with it and probably in a religious cult but that's another story for another time so yeah you gotta do what you gotta do and make sure that you take care of yourselves as much as it is difficult i personally would like to bury myself in a pile of burgers but you know that is not sustainable and probably not for the best uh but i do what i can anyway um vote vote i know it's sickening and it's like oh my god please get out my face i've already voted please get off my phone, I've already voted, but cats are doing what they gotta do. It's, you know, the most that they can do right now, so try to be patient. When Biff from uh, Joan, Kamala, and hit your phone talking about, hi, could you blah, blah, blah? You, you know, unsubscribing is an option. Don't be nasty to them, they're doing the work. They're doing the work that a lot of us are not doing, so give them some grace. Um, they're doing what they can to take care of themselves and jump in where they can fit in to try to end this fucking nightmare that we're living in. Um, wear your mask, wash your hands, uh, buy some, uh, extra toilet paper. You never know. We, we about to go into the winter time and who knows what to expect. Um, and that's pretty much it. So Uh, That ends this week in Mostly Max and other things. Or this week's Mostly Max and other things. Thank you for joining me for my rambling and my interviewing and my things. You can find me yammering on the internet at Mostly Max on the Twitters. And I will see you next week.